Welcome to Why Is This Good, a podcast by the Naples Writers Workshop. I'm Christine, and I'm here with John. Hey, John. Hello. Okay, it's my turn. I chose a story by Alice Monroe. Is this our second or third by her? I think it's our second. This one is called The Bear Came Over the Mountain. It was published in The New Yorker in 2013. He saw Fiona in profile, sitting close up to one of the card tables, but not playing. She looked a little puffy in the face, the flab on one cheek hiding the corner of her mouth in a way it hadn't done before. She was watching the play of the man she sat closest to. He held his cards tilted so that she could see them. When Grant got near the table, she looked up. They all looked up. All the players at the table looked up with displeasure. Then they immediately looked down at their cards as if to ward off any intrusion. But Fiona smiled her lopsided, abashed, sly, and charming smile and pushed back her chair and came came round to him, putting her fingers to her mouth. Bridge, she whispered, deadly serious. They're quite rabid about it. She drew him toward the coffee table, chatting. I can remember being like that for a while at college. My friends and I would cut class and sit in the common room and smoke and play like cutthroats. Can I get you anything? A cup of tea? I'm afraid the coffee isn't up to much here. Grant never drank tea. He could not throw his arms around her. Something about her voice and smile, familiar as they were, something about the way she seemed to be guarding the players from him, as well as him from their displeasure, made that impossible. I brought you some flowers, he said. I thought they'd do to brighten up your room. I went to your room, but you weren't there. Well, no, she said, I'm here. She glanced back at the table. Grant said, you've made a new friend. He nodded toward the man she'd been sitting next to. At this moment, the man looked up at Fiona and she turned, either because of what Grant had said or because she felt the look at her back. It's just Aubrey, she said. The funny thing is, I knew him years and years ago. He worked in the store, the hardware store, where my grandpa used to shop. He and I were always kidding around, and he couldn't get up the nerve to ask me out. Till the very last weekend, and he took me to a ball game. But when it was over, my grandpa showed up to drive me home. I was up visiting for the summer, visiting my grandparents. They lived on a farm. Fiona, I know where your grandparents lived. It's where we live. Lived. Really, she said, not paying her full attention because the card player was sending her his look, which was one not of supplication, but of command. He was a man about Grant's age or a little older. Thick, coarse white hair fell over his forehead and his skin was leathery but pale. Yellowish white like an old wrinkled up kid glove. His long face was dignified and melancholy and he had something of the beauty of a powerful, discouraged, elderly horse. But where Fiona was concerned, he was not discouraged. I better go back, Fiona said, a blush spotting her newly fattened face. He thinks he can't play without me sitting there. It's silly. I hardly know the game anymore. If I leave you now, you can entertain yourself? It must all seem strange to you but you'll be surprised how soon you get used to it. You'll get to know who everybody is, except that some of them are pretty well off in the clouds, you know. You can't expect them all to get to know who you are. She slipped back into her chair and said something into Aubrey's ear. She tapped her fingers across the back of his hand. Grant went in search of Christy and met her in the hall. She was pushing a cart with pitchers of apple juice and grape juice. Well, she said, Grant said, does she even know who I am? He could not decide. She could have been playing a joke. It would not be unlike her. She had given herself away by that little pretense at the end, talking to him as if she thought perhaps he was a new resident, if it was a pretense. Christy said, you just caught her at sort of a bad moment, involved in the game. She's not even playing, he said. Well, but her friend's playing. Aubrey. So who is Aubrey? That's who he is. Aubrey, her friend. Would you like a juice? Grant shook his head. Oh, look, said Christy. They get these attachments. That takes over for a while. Best buddy sort of thing. It's kind of a phase. You mean she really might not know who I am? She might not. Not today. Then tomorrow, you never know, do you? You'll see the way it is once you've been coming here for a while. You'll learn not to take it all so serious. Learn to take it day by day. 
So this is a story about a man who has to take his wife to a memory care facility and she finds a new lover. I thought this was so good. I was like so long for the ride. Sometimes you read a story, you don't really know when it's starting and you don't really know what it's going to be. And the section that I just read, I think is where this story started. Yeah, it became what it was going to be in this yeah, moment. It was in this moment that you kind of knew what the rest of it was going to be about because it could have been a story about a happy long marriage that ends sort of tragically this way where one person lives out their days not really knowing who the other one is. Dementia sucks. Could have been good. But it's also about how she finds someone new. And then I think there may have been a flashback before this section, but there certainly are after where we learn a little bit more about how Grant was unfaithful while his wife was lucid. (laughs) And he's struggling in a way that she likely struggled then, but he is having trouble sort of like understanding the two, you know, how his was worse. Because in his wife's reality, she's not married to to him anymore. She doesn't really know him. And she's found something like innocent that makes her happy. But what's interesting about this story is uh it starts in the past and then we kind of skip we start with the story about how they met and it's i thought that first section was just like adorable there's a sentence before it like kicks off it says like at the end of these like first three paragraphs it's talking about how they met and why he was so enamored by her and they're like at the beach and it's loud and fiona says do you think it would be fun if fiona shouted do you think it would be fun if we got married he took her up on it he shouted yes he wanted never to be away from her she had the spark of life and so it feels like maybe we're going to go through the whole story of their marriage and instead we kind of jump ahead in the next section to when he notices that her mind is slipping so it's like we don't really know where it's going it's like this is how they met this is why they liked each other now she's losing her mind her memory now she's in a facility now Grant will admit to us that he did terrible things and that's why it's hard to watch his wife fall in love with this other man it is an interesting uh, way to open up the story is yeah it kind of starts with this little brief thing about like where they came from as children meeting and stuff and then um there's like the first like kind of i don't know if it's the first but my first memory of a concrete scene is like them in the kitchen yeah. about to leave for the the memory facility as far as yes. i can tell and um and then it kind of like goes back and forth a little bit like how did we get here about like her little uh strange episodes where she forgot who she was forgot where she, what was going on and stuff like this and then kind of to explain what's happening then we get to the memory facility and like that's the situation that kind of is the heart of the story right but getting to that it is kind of a one kind of you're not sure what to latch on to what what is the point that we're, we're yeah. gonna get to but it's still you know alice monroe knows how to write right. interesting good details and right. compelling characters you're you're along for the ride obviously yeah you're along for the ride and like to that point i'm struggling right now because uh years ago when you and i were in the novel workshop that we started and we were all sharing novels i was writing stuff that people liked reading and then at some point they were like christine <laughs> is this a what's, novel <laughs> what's the point uh, what's yeah. happening? And I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. I really struggle to make things happen. So I'm doing national novel writing month now. And the oh, whole nice. point is, is yeah, is not to edit yourself is to just like press forward. I'm trying it again. I outlined a story, but I am still struggling to make things happen. And what's interesting about what we're talking about here with Alice Monroe is that she obviously can write things that are compelling and interesting. But I think when we say that you're along for the ride, it's, it's twofold. It's one in the sense that the writing itself is compelling and the characters are real and it doesn't really matter what they're doing 
saying we don't really need to know where it's going yet because we are interested in them and she's bringing it to life in a way that's legitimate and all this kind of stuff it, it feels worth paying attention to until you do figure it out and then the other part of why it works why you're along for the ride is because you know Alice Monroe and because you do trust her and because you know that she's not just someone that's good at writing she's also doing something here she's in full yeah. control she's not like me if I were to write this it would be sort of accidental that I eventually made something happen that you were interested in it would it would not be intentional that I delivered the plot a quarter of the way through it would be like an accident it would be like I couldn't make it happen sooner but you could argue that like Alice Monroe knows exactly when she wants to do that and I would also argue that like the rest of the story even though it unfolds in a way that is more clear to us it's almost as if this this is how the story is unfolding for Grant. Grant thinks of his life this way. He thinks of his life as, I fell in love with my wife. She was wonderful. And now we're going to this memory care facility. And it's only after we go to this memory care facility that I, Grant, who's kind of like, I read some commentary about this after the fact. He, he People are kind of saying that he's like an idiot. He has no self-reflection. It's only when his wife is like having this kind of like affair right in front of him that he will bother to reflect on his affairs that he had with college students and colleagues for years that his wife kind of knew about, but it unfolds in that that same way, right? It's like Alice Monroe is telling us the story and it's kind of delayed, but for Grant too, he thinks this is the plot point of his life, that we're taking my wife to the facility. That's the plot point. But the real plot point is that he might have to struggle with something internal as a result of the shift, you know? And it's delayed in the sense that like he doesn't know how to look it in the eye. He wouldn't have had this had it not unfolded this way. He wouldn't have looked at himself. He might have had his wife die peacefully, you know, with her mind intact and never reflected on this. That's an interesting thought. I mean, obviously this is what happened, you know, <laughs> this yeah. is the story that's told. Right. By forcing him for whatever, like whether or not he would have or would not have or did before, I don't, what's important is that this forces that, yes. that reflection. Yes. And yes. If, in the reflection itself, it forces us to compare, right? Yes. Yeah. It forces us to compare what he did with what's happening with her and then with what eventually happens at the end with this other woman yeah and her husband yes and, you know aubrey winds up being married to somebody that now he's gonna like do something with who knows this is a swinger story <laughs> <laughs> there's a reduction this is a story yeah. about swingers but you can't set that up without giving us all that stuff like the beginning like we need all that to get there right yeah which is why she's consummate in her writing in that she knows what we need to get to the end like a lot of yeah. stories i feel like you have an idea for a story and it's like this moment right like i want to get to this moment where this this really cool thing that i'm thinking of or this really profound kind of emotion i want to capture that and i want to express that but to build to that you have to figure out what needs to come first what do i need to like what grounds do i need to start right establishing in order to on which to build this profound moment that you want to get to so she you know she obviously knows how to do that and she's figured out like i'm going to start here i'm going to introduce these things right Make it kind of a wandery thing for various yes. reasons. Do these things and then get to the that complicated moral quandary. Yeah, because uh, like you said, it's not worth discussing whether or not he would have come to this conclusion had it unfolded differently. Because this is this is the story. This is how it unfolded. This is how he arrived at it. But like, I think it also mimics how he arrived at it in this wandering yes. way. Yeah. So it mimics it that way, sure. But also to your point, like she's doing it in a way that it's, is intentional, and you could kind of argue that what we read up until the point that I read to introduce the story was character building in a way for Fiona and you know what she was when she was fully present and there 
like she was like this very lively, witty, like sharp, unique person, right? Oh, she was a great character. She's so well drawn in yeah, all those lucid moments. She's a full blown character. And so, yeah. like, then we can appreciate that, like, there are elements of that personality that are intact, even though the memory is fading. Yes. And that's like even more hurtful for Grant. Alice Monroe's ability to capture, to get that personality in lucid moments and to still reflect it in these other yeah. moments, like, it's the same person you recognize that as, oh, this, it's an accomplishment. That's great. Yeah. Because, like, the section that I read, he's, he's thinking to himself, like, my wife Does is the kind of person that would, like, yeah, like, I can't tell. Like, this is exactly how she would talk to me if she was, like, playing a very funny joke. But also, I really don't know if she has any idea who I am. And I was looking at the end here because I remembered that there was, like, something kind of left for interpretation. Did you get the sense that this was going to be potentially a reunion between her and Aubrey? And instead, it's, like, a tender moment between her and her husband? Yes, I had the sense that he was bringing Aubrey in. And instead of recognizing Aubrey, she recognized him. Yeah, I thought this was, like, so well done. Because where he might think that he's bringing a surprise and instead the moment that he's been waiting for right like the surprise is something he's had to like come to terms with and concede like she doesn't recognize me but I want her to be happy so I'm gonna bring this other dude around and instead that's the moment where she's like oh I'm so happy to see you you know that's the kind of thing when I was talking about like you, there's a moment you want to build towards you yes. get this idea for a story I feel this like that's it. like the moment this is the moment absolutely we were talking about this in my fiction group recently and somebody asked a question in my in my workshop about what everyone's process was do you outline do you just go by the seat of your pants type thing and I answered the way I think I've answered pretty consistently over the years which is like I like you said will just have an idea of a moment that I want to build to but it's usually like an emotional feeling that I want to impart and then like maybe I'll create characters around it but this is you just read it and you kind of know that this is not like an ending that was executed well this was the concept this was the point this was what she probably thought of because it's so expertly done it's all the elements of the story all colliding here yeah i think it's not necessarily the case that this was the initial idea because i can see a world in which she had this idea of like oh what an interesting quandary like your wife doesn't yeah, recognize sure. you and blah 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 but then as she's writing there came a moment probably early on when she's yeah. wrestling with the way things it could have even been like oh dementia not recognizing your husband falling in love with somebody else and then the next moment was oh this thing at the end where she doesn't recognize him and does recognize it whether that was like immediate or spaced out by months of like excruciating work it became the moment it became like yes. the thing yeah so like however it was like you're right it's like maybe it was early on and maybe it was later but yeah this is what it was building to either way and you could argue every story builds to an end but that's not really the point like this no. was so the, you kind of think that the story is building plot wise to a reunion between the two of them like I said that's like kind of what you're reading towards you're reading toward Aubrey and Fiona reuniting yeah. and being happy and Grant you know being this in the on the sidelines like kind of smiling like all right you know my work here is done but instead he gets that recognition that he's been after surprising and inevitable right oh, we get, yes. it's it's inevitable it's inevitable that she would forget again and inevitable yes. that she would recognize him eventually but it's still, still surprising. surprising yeah because we're not really led to think that that's the happy ending that we're looking for yeah it's a foregone conclusion at one point that he thinks that like it's not that he gives up but he tries to do like the noble thing he's like all right well my wife doesn't recognize me but also like she's literally wasting away there's a scene where like he goes in and the worker christy is like you know she might have to use a walker here soon and he's like what do you mean and she's I'm like not doing well yeah, she's not doing well. She's like on the cusp there. And he knows that it, it, every, it has everything to do with like her mental state. So he's like, well, what can I do to fix this? 
I'm trying to think what a good takeaway would be for me for this one. I didn't have one when we started. I was hoping that the conversation yeah. would kind of bring me to one. And I like that idea of having a mo of the moment of defining your story yes. as a moment and then figuring out how to define it. Yeah, I think that's as close as I can get because like that's like the only way I've ever come up with a story is like I want to leave people with this feeling. Yeah. And that's that's a good especially for short fiction, like because you want your short fiction to be it's like a missile. It's like it's got a point, you know, you want to it to arrive and do a thing. Yeah. A novel you can wander. A novel can have many moments. Short fiction can have different moments, but you're generally focusing on one. Right. But I think a, a other aspect of that is just, and I've talked about this and I've gotten this from other stories, but she's so good, Salas Monroe, Nobel Prize winner. Of course she's so good, but she's so good at like building characters with moments, you know, yes. like little gestures, little, little choices, little, just the dialogue, like the way they talk, every little right. thing. Like we talk, this is what we talked about for the previous Alice Monroe story was the details and each detail was its own little story. Right. And she's very good, obviously. So this is what she does, but you can go through this and like kind of dissect how she builds a character with the moments. Right. And not only that, but these moments are building towards that ending. Right. So it's just, it's a fractal of moments. Because <laughs> There's even like that uh, gesture that she does where she like hugs him and then she like pinches his earlobes. That's like a character moment. So specific. Yeah. Like only Fiona would like do this as like a term of, you know, it's like she's being affectionate, but she pinches him really fucking hard because she's like a little bit like losing it. It's weird, but it's very specific to her. Obviously, like you said, she's deftly building characters, but I think one way that maybe a less experienced writer can think about that is not how skillfully you develop the character, but how big a personality and how unique that character really is. I think a lot of times people struggle with stuff and they're like, well, you know, my character, she's quiet and nerdy. And look, I expressed that when I said that she like shyly tucked her hair behind her ear. And it's like, yeah, but this is a quiet character and it's going to be quiet on the page. So it's not to say that you can't have a quiet character, but like you have to really, really build that person as like full and unique and like alive. And Fiona is one of those big characters. And so I think those characters are easier to draw. I think like you, the hair, like you can find a yeah. moment, but you need all the moments to add together to make right. the character. They all have to be of a piece. And this is a longer story. It's like 11,000 words. So there's more moments. That's how you build fiction is moment by moment right. by moment. And making sure they are coherent and that they all cohere together to create one single whatever character, event, thing. Each of the things that are applied to Fiona define her and each of the things that apply to Grant define him. He's less memorable. He's less memorable, but like just his kind of like observational ways, like just like there's all these things that he's he does. He's a quieter that, guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's He's real and full, but he's not as cool. Marion. Marion is very briefly on the page, but very alive yes. as a character. She was really well drawn too. Yeah. I'm kind of realizing this as I as I do my National Novel Writing Month, where it's like the characters that are most memorable are the ones that are like maybe a little less likable or maybe like a little bit louder, or maybe they say something like that's less diplomatic or something. You know what I mean? Like, and that's not to say that like all your characters have to be this way, because that's not how the world works. But I do find that those are the characters 
that are most memorable when you read something and recall it years later. So there's certain characters, even if they're first person narrating, like Grant in this story, he is less alive than these other people. And I think it's a function of his actual personality, not well how well he was drawn. You know, he is as well drawn. We know who he is. He's just not excited. Yeah. I mean, the, the distinction isn't like memorable is, is different, but well drawn means that all the pieces, I don't want to say fit together because it's that's not right. But all the pieces, each individual piece expresses who they are and they all express the same person. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you you can identify him by any one of those, but you know that every one of those came from him. You want it to be cohesive like that. So when we talk about finding good details, it's not like you have a character and you find the one good detail. And every time you describe her, she's tucking hair behind her head for yeah, a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's every detail you find has to be her good detail, has to be a good detail that defines her. Yeah, we've talked about it in the past, like proof or theorem, you know, where it's like, yes, everything has to like prove the same point and different details, different examples, but they're proving the same point about this character overall. The complication is when you have a character that's changing, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. So it's like those details shift with them. Yeah. I only brought up the fact that I think characters might be more memorable as a way if you are struggling, if you've been accused of having flat characters or characters that oh, people have yeah. trouble like distinguishing. Like one way that you can be instead accused of bringing a character to life is when there's a larger than life character. I yeah. think a lot of times people really struggle. They're like, my protagonist is a 20 something young girl with brown, mousy brown hair. And like, she is struggling with her own identity. She's not going to jump off the page the same way that her counterpart who is loud and annoying and obnoxious and like confident and maybe smokes or something and has purple hair that she's not going to jump off the page the same way so it's like yeah that's one way that you can kind of learn to do it is when a character is fully defined fully realized sometimes the easiest way that they stand out is when they're wildly different or louder somehow sometimes it's a matter of like you imagine meeting them like how are they when you meet them the noisy one is going to be more memorable but memorable yeah. and not memorable aren't like judgments on no like exactly. your writing they're judgments yes. on a character like you can have great details that define a quiet unassuming character and you always you know who that character is they're quiet unassuming and they're quiet unassuming details and they're quiet unassuming yes. gestures and all these things so it's well drawn well defined and if you are reminded of them you'd be like oh yeah that was that quiet unassuming but they're not going to be the first person you think of because the loud person the first one you think of right yeah thanks guys if you enjoyed this episode consider joining our patreon your support helps us keep the show running find out more at patreon.com slash why is this good podcast and for industry news writing tips and great short fiction join our facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash naples writers workshop you can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter at napleswritersworkshop.com